All right, so let's continue the conversation about how marriage sucks. Super fun. Wait, what? <laughs> Just kidding. So if you haven't listened to the last episode before coming into this one, I highly recommend because this is really just an extension of that conversation. We started with talking about what scares you most about marriage and what excites you the most after I did a little Instagram poll. And we wanted to continue that into the following questions of if you're married, what are the hardest parts of marriage and what did you wish was better but feel like you can't say? Boy, did I get some answers. And it was a little awkward for me because I know most of the people that were giving me these answers and I know their partners. I'm like, oh, dear God. (laughs) So we go and keep this anonymous and I'm going to pretend I'm a therapist with some HIPAA rules and not tell anyone anything. Good idea. (laughs) So as we did in the last episode, I'm just going to read through all of the answers for the hardest part of marriage. And then we're just going to talk about a couple because... And we're not going to be here all day doing this and annoying you. So hardest parts of marriage answers are merging cultures and family dynamics, communication, not being so selfish, different work drives and sex drives, getting my husband to share first year with the new baby. They said, good luck, you two. Finding time for each other, changing and evolving and not fitting others expectations, balancing roles, house chores, keeping marriage a priority, not feeling appreciated, navigating seasons of life fighting fair and healthy, being vulnerable, both growing in the same direction, staying motivated to make the relationship better, and finances. Whew. Mm -hmm. a lot of heavy shit. Mm -hmm. So I want to start out with communication because that was the most, you know, I got that response more than anything else, which I understand because I think a lot of these things always come down to communication. And I was thinking about this earlier that... Communication and just getting in the flow of marriage, I feel like we're just now hitting our stride. And I think a large part of that is because of IVF and all of the different variables that we've had. But I feel like we're starting to get each other. Yeah. I feel like we're starting to learn each other and how to respond and communicate and really feel heard, but allow the other person to feel heard. Do you feel like that? Yeah, I think so. We're getting in the groove. I also think we've just been so tumultuous for the last year since since we got married, since we started IVF that like kind of had a pressure cooker situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it feels like we've been able to like take a step back and just sort of, I don't know, just show up differently and really listen and just be better partners for each other. And I think that's really cool. It's muy nice, right? It's muy nice. But I think communication across the board, you know, someone said getting my husband to share more. I get that. Connor is, Connor has to have his back against the wall and really feel under pressure mostly to share. You're not a very vulnerable person. You're not very, let me just like tell you what's on my heart. You tend to suppress things or avoid and distract yourself from those things. And I think that's a very male tendency. You guys find other things. You'll, you know, you hang out with your buddies, but do you ever talk about how you're feeling? No, you talk about trying to have a threesome with a fucking hooker in no, Vegas. No, that's not what that was. That was not, that wasn't even a. Con- it was two seconds of a conversation. And yes, we do talk about how we feel about things, do and you? it's different. Just what because is it? we don't do it the same way that you guys want us to do it, <laughs> and I don't feel like talking about it endlessly, and like especially the times that whatever reason women want to talk about things at the worst <laughs> fucking times ever. And I'm like, what? It's like it's like either at night, late, and you're like I'm half asleep, or. Right. First thing in the morning when you're like, this is how my day is going to be. 
and it's just weird. And you're like this, and I feel that. I'm like, dude, I just, I don't know. So okay. I don't feel things, but I don't need to be. I don't need to be ruled by my emotions and feels all the time. I don't need to be my feelsies every goddamn day of my mm-hmm. life. I'm gonna hold my judgment. How do you talk about your feelings with your buddies? How do you guys I mean, talk it's about more like pragmatic stuff? It's like here's what you know, doing this, that, whatever. This is going on. I don't know. It's just you talk about shit. Mm-hmm. What? I just find that curious. I don't know. It's just, it's just so different than how I process and how women talk. You know, we're just yeah. like, how That's are you? It's and it's like, here's how I actually am. Yeah, you know? exactly. But men are just like, I'm fine. Yeah. And you know, what's true. We're actually fine. Are you though? Yes. I don't know. You've been sort of in meltdown mode and I'm wondering who hey, else you've been I'm having a rough to. time and people know this. I am. I'm going through some changes in my life, and yeah. it's very challenging for me. I know, and I'm not saying that that's a problem, but I'm asking you: Have you shared that with other yeah, people other than me? I have appropriate people to share these things with, and it's not all of my dude friends. That's not why I have guy friends. I don't have guy friends to talk about my fucking feelings. I have guy friends to go play golf and shoot stuff and fuck around, and if I don't need to have. I don't need to beat my chest and and fucking dance around with fucking baggy ass weird pants on and beads and shit to fucking feel like a man. Like, honestly, like, I think, I think I'm serious. I think I'm so fucking tired of this shit. Like we've gotten so men have become such little fucking pussies and it annoys the fuck out of me. It's like, first off, here's the thing. You get these guys in the circle and they're fucking doing their song and dance and whatever, whatever. And and it's performative vulnerability. Performative vulnerability can suck my dick. I don't fucking need it. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to performatively be vulnerable be like, <sighs> and touch my chest and talk about this thing. And, oh, uh, and then, and then channel some guy like, who fucking cares, dude, fucking shut up. You're a pussy bitch. I'll slap the fuck out of you. And if my son was doing that, I'd be like, quit being a fucking bitch. And yeah, is that is that the patriarchy at work? Probably. But you know what? It's the way the fucking world's worked for the 99.9% of the time that humans have existed. So we can, like, it's so silly. It's fucking silly. So no, I'll have talks about real things in pragmatic ways, like a fucking man. And that's the way it's going to be. And if I need to get emotional and cry, I'll do that too. I'm not scared of it, but I don't need to dance around and fucking like act like I'm, I'm like a fully expressed being because I can fucking cry out loud. And everybody can look at me and put their hands on me and shit. No, dude. And at the end of the day, you're just doing what somebody told you to do. You're just, you're just, you're just being vulnerable because somebody told you to be vulnerable and being vulnerable in the way that somebody told you how to do it. So is that really any more healthy than just pushing your feelings down? Is pretending to have feelings you don't for validation? No. So fuck off. That's what I think about it. (laughs) He's not passionate. I got an ad for those fucking like baggy ass, stupid fucking hippie pants the other day. And I was so mad that I got an ad for that. I think it's probably because me and Steph were talking on DMs. (laughs) This is all Steph's fault. I got a fucking ad for like a dickhead burning man guy. Oh God. I was like, here's these pants. And I was like, no, never. No. Get those pants away from me. They're not even pants. They're like wearing a fucking sleeping bag on your pants, on your legs. I don't need a sleeping bag for my legs. Get out of here. So if I am a wife and I feel like my husband doesn't communicate, isn't opening up, isn't sharing, has a really hard time getting vulnerable. What kind of conversations can I have? You can have a conversation with yourself about how lucky you are. Oh, shut up. To you not have to deal with dickwad. a fucking emotional little bitch. Stop. And whenever, you know what I'm saying? You're and then, not. And then he does be vulnerable, go, quit being such a little bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> He's joking. Uh, am I? Uh, kind of. Connor. <laughs> Got me on one. Dude. I know. I kind of love it. But no, I think this is really important. I, so 
My last relationship was with someone who was incredibly emotionally unavailable. And it was a huge reason why we broke up because it felt like I was talking to a wall oftentimes because there was no sharing of like actual feelings, actual wants. It was all super surface level and like, you know, a fucking like hit this goal, hit this goal. That's what matters. And it just didn't feel connected at all. I felt extremely disconnected and I didn't know what to do and I didn't have the the tools and the resources. And maybe now if I was in a relationship with him four years later, it would be a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But what do you do in that situation? Well, if, you're, if you have somebody who's having trouble communicating their feelsies, you gotta, you, I think a lot of times women do this and I've said this a million times on various podcasts. Like you're trying to communicate that with a, with a dude who's kind of limited by his own abilities, but you're trying to talk to him like he's a fucking, like he's not right. You're not meeting this person where they are. And then you're judging them for not being where you are. And then that's a whole, it's like, just, just, it's super just, important. It's, it's just judgmental and fucking cunty mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And it's like not really helpful for anybody. So it's like, you gotta, it's like baby steps, man. You know, and a lot of men weren't raised to be able to do that and less and less of that now to the point where I think it's actually kind of a problem as you just heard me in my rant talk about, but it's, you know, it's interesting. It's like, I think, I think, okay, for all these women out here that are like, my man's emotionally unavailable. Yes. But if he was, if he emotioned everything, that would be worse. Oh yes. So there's, you're looking for a middle ground. If you, if you want a man to be as emotional as you and to go to brunch and fucking talk about his feelings, that's one thing. Right. That you may want that. And that may be a thing that you want. And that may be what you're about, but it's probably not. So it's like, you're going to have to have conversations in a different way with a different tone, with a different intent. And and that's, that's how you're going to be able to meet somebody where they are. And you also have to be able to read between the lines and know your partner where it's like, what does that mean? What, what, when somebody says I'm fine in like a tone, maybe they're saying like, there's a, you know, you know, somebody and know that like that I'm fine is it does not mean I'm fine. Right. And sometimes that I'm fine means I'm fine. I'm good whatever I'm working it out. And a lot of times, like when somebody, a guy says like, they don't want to talk about it. It's like, cause they're sorting it out and they don't want anybody to like be involved in it until they can even articulate it. You do that to me all the time. You want me to talk about stuff before I get, I'm really ready to articulate it. And then I get all tangled up and fucked up and it makes it worse. Yeah. And that's part of what I was saying earlier that I feel like we're finally hitting our groove where I'm doing that less. And I'm also swooping in less and feeling like I need to fix your anger or your frustration or your confusion. I'm letting you have your process and I'm letting you come to me. Yeah. And I literally, this happened yesterday. You were like telling me this whole thing. And I was like, what do you want from me? And you're like, I want you to say something. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) But like, oftentimes you don't want me to say something. Yeah, sometimes. Right. And so I've learned to ask you, okay, what do you want from me right now? And sometimes you do need to go into like very vulnerable little boy Connor. And you want me to like rub your back and hold you and be with you. But the majority of the time, that's not what you're looking for. And no. so that's where you're exactly right. I think it comes down to understanding how to read your partner and their process. You know that if I'm having a hard time, I like to be held and loved on and told that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And you usually like space and time to process. And then you'll come to me when you're ready. And so I think it's it's just really about that dance with mm-hmm. the other person and helping them understand that it's okay to have feelings and have emotions and that you're there and you'll support them in their process of whatever that looks Mm -hmm. like and not judge them for not processing like you, which is something that I did a lot of. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you can't fit somebody in a mold that now they're going to express themselves. Right. And you gotta, you gotta, you know, 
Maybe they're maybe it's not enough for you. Maybe you're too much for them. They have to fucking decipher that. People like to project their mold onto how somebody should express themselves and and not do the work to like actually be empathetic. Mm-hmm. If you're really steadfast about how someone needs to express yourself, that means you don't have any fucking empathy and you can't feel into like what somebody's feeling. That's that's on you. Yeah. You know? So if there's a guy listening or if oftentimes our female listeners like to share this with their men or listen in the car and make them listen, which I think is real fucking funny. But if you're a guy listening and you're someone who does struggle with sharing parts of yourself or being more vulnerable, like what would you say to that guy? Journal. Yeah. Like there's no one judging you on the pages, right? So you can just fucking write your shit. Throw it away. Burn it. Who cares? No one's going to read it. You know what I mean? And you make sure that if you need that, that that's the case and just like say what you need to fucking say to yourself. And then you can, you're practicing using words to language your feelings. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. It's better than therapy at first anyways. Cause even if you go to therapy, it's like, well, then you have to have somebody, you're going to spend five sessions getting like somebody crowbarring your fucking feelings out of you. So it's better to just, in my opinion, just like let it out. Morning pages are great. A couple pages a day, starting the day off that way, get the noise out of your head. It's good. I love that. I think that's great. Okay, let's move on to having different work drives and sex drives. Thoughts? That's not an issue in this relationship. (laughs) Thoughts? I don't know. I mean, what do you mean? Well. I almost fucking need to know who asked this question, but I don't. I actually don't know who asked this question. They just said. Sex drives and work drives are two different things. Right. Okay, so let's break it up. So having a different work drive. We have different work drives. I am very driven to work. I like making money. I like working. I really enjoy my work. I love running Soulfire. And I'm creating another company with my girlfriend, Carolina. Like, I love being in that space. And that excites me. You have a different drive, which is? It used to be very similar. It's changed a lot. I'm kind of a little bit lost in that part of my life right now. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't have a work drive as much as it's just like, I don't know where to put it anymore. It's frustrating, but sucks. Sucks going through that now, but it is what it is, you know? But you're also not someone who's just really driven by money. Yeah, like making money, but it's like I've never really, I think it's not that I'm not driven by it. I've just never been good at doing it. It's like never been a, it's like not a, it's not something that has ever really like worked Work, no matter how hard I work or how good I am at a thing, it's just like uh, translating it to like money outside of what is like expected is just never happened. I've tried, I fucking tried, but it just, it's like, that's for whatever reason. It's like, it just doesn't compute. Like it's not there. It's like a speaking a different language kind of to me. Mm-hmm. It's just really frustrating. But that's, I think that's a lot of that's like my upbringing and just like how things were. And, you know, coming from a family who was poor and then had money, like you don't learn anything. You just learn bad habits. So it's been like a, it's been a struggle for sure. That's like a big part of my life where I've had to like try to figure that out. It's been a decade of me like being honest with myself about how bad I am at that thing, you know? So it's changed now. It used to be much different, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's been like a, been, you know, on the struggle bus there for a long time. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've had a bajillion conversations about this in our relationship and our dynamic and how we want to go into having kids and what does that look like with our work life? And I think it really, again, this is another communication piece and honesty piece. You have to be able to say the honest thing to yourself. I'm really good at making money and I really enjoy it. That's a struggle for you. And you're not super driven by it. You're driven by other things and being able to own those parts of ourselves and then say, okay, how does this best suit us in relationship? And Mm -hmm. also having patience with the other person, right? Yeah. Like I 
I have really, I feel like been super supportive of you figuring out what this looks like. And although it's frustrating to me because I don't operate like you and I don't really understand your brain. Yeah. It's not for me. It's not my life, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have my life in that way figured out. I understand it. It rolls. It does its thing. You're in a place where you're trying to figure that out. And so I really have felt like my role is to just be supportive for you in getting curious about what the next step is, what really makes you happy, how you want to live, what your priorities are, and just being able to be the one to ask you different questions so that you can be curious with yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's really healthy in a relationship is how can you support the other person in getting curious about their own blocks or their own desires? And this goes for everything so that they have a different perspective, but come in without judgment or expectation. Yeah. I think that's when things get really muddy is if you have judgment and expectation, you're furthering someone probably feeling bad about themselves for a thing that they already feel bad about. Mm -hmm. Not really fair. No, but it needs to be productive. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a trip, man. Life is crazy. Okay. So if we translate this into sex drive, Hmm. I don't know. What do we do when one person has a higher sex drive? Bone. (laughs) This was hard for us early on. So I had a higher sex drive. I wanted to do sex all the time. But you had also turned sex into like this whole fucking thing. Well, I was having like my sexual awakening. So that was rough. Exhausting. But you are just not like that. You, you go in waves where like for a week, you're like all the sex all the time. And I'm super here for it. And then you can go days or a week without even thinking about it. Cause you're off in whatever other la la land mm-hmm. and it's just not a big deal to you. And I, because I have anxious tendencies, then I feel disconnected. Then I feel like we're not connecting in multiple ways and I feel like uncomfortable in my own body. Mm-hmm. And th- that has been really hard, but I feel like we, Again, like how many times can I say this? But back to communication, we've had conversations around this. So now I I would always make it if you didn't want to have sex with me, it was a reflection of me. It was you don't want me. You don't desire me. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. But when I stopped making it about myself and I stopped being like throwing tantrums when you wouldn't have sex with me. You had more which sex with me. Which makes us have sex less. We right. Get all pouty. I think I just we also like don't do makeup sex really either. Like that's not really. Never. I don't, it's just not a thing for me. I don't know. Yeah. I wish we did, but well, you, you're not into it. I'm sorry. I let you down. For you. <laughs> shut up. Um, oh my gosh. Shut up. But I think that the more I was acknowledging, oh, this isn't my issue or there's not something wrong with me. Then we ended up having more sex and he actually came back to want sex faster Mm-hmm. without me complaining or making a big deal about it or making him feel bad about himself because he didn't have my sex drive or he wasn't in the mood. Mm-hmm. I think that when you start shaming someone for something and they're just doing their thing, that's also really unfair. Yeah. Okay. But on the flip side, what if you have a lower sex drive because you're not attracted to your partner? That's not the same thing. Those are two separate things. Are they? That's a lower sex drive means that you have less of a drive for sex, not that you're not attracted to somebody. Well, what if, what if you come into a relationship and you're like having all the sex and then over time you're less attracted to your partner and you have less sex. That's going to happen. Okay. That's how life, that's how things work. Okay. So what do you do? Novelty, baby. 
somehow, some way, read an Esther Perel book. Is that why we have Mating in captivity is what that book, that's, a, that's what that book is about. And she is much more qualified than you or I. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the way, I mean, that's just, there's nothing to be ashamed of. You got to embrace it. That's the reality. It's not like if this happens, like if it doesn't happen, you're the exception. That's for sure. But like, that's just the way things go. Not that you're less attractive, but you're like, you know, if you like Skittles, but you eat Skittles every fucking day. You get over Skittles. You get over fucking Skittles, man. Yeah. And not that Skittles are any worse. They're still the same Skittles. They're still good. But how many fucking Skittles can you eat? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am a Skittle now. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, but it's like, so it's like, you got to prepare for that. You got to know that that's going to happen before it happens and not be naive and fucking dilute yourself into thinking that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And adjust accordingly. Do some hair changes. I don't know. Dress different. Go emo. Who knows? You went wild when I chopped my hair off. I don't know. I remember that. You don't remember? I wasn't there. You were like, fuck, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever, dude. Fucking yeah. <laughs> sex. All right. Okay. I don't feel like we're complete with sex drives, though. What else do you do if you have different sex drives? Make it happen. Schedule it. Schedule the sex time. That's what Alexa from That Sex Chick, if you guys don't listen to her podcast, I highly recommend. But her and Jordan actually schedule in sex and put it works really Google, well for put them. It, put it in your Google calendar. Do it during the day too. Yes. Don't wait for after dinner at night. Do it in the morning. Just, just yeah, do some different things. On the weekends, you got time. What you, don't, else? you don't have to be fast. I mean, it doesn't be like a whole thing. It's like, well, cookies are fun too. You know, keep the vibe going. Keep the vibe high. Yeah. What also helped you with your sex drive? Drugs. Mm-hmm. Mostly heroin. Connor got on testosterone and, and made. <laughs> no, he didn't. So what I do is I wake up and I do about three key bumps in the bathroom. Jesus Christ. And then I slap my dick. Is that why you're in there for so long? You're s- pooping and doing key bumps at the yeah, same time? Exactly. And then I just uh. start slapping my dick around and I put a match out on my dick and it gets real hard. Hey. There's all the blood flow. Hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just go upstairs naked, yacked out of my dome. You're so ridiculous. <laughs> Um, no, Connor getting back on testosterone was a fucking game changer. His adrenals and cortisol had tanked and he had low testosterone. Sure and my so adrenals are pretty still struggling. They are struggling now because of the nicotine, but it was like night and day with you. Was it? Yeah. That's good. In just your mood in general. So if you're with a guy and I'm taking all kinds of stuff though, it's like dopamine shit. Yeah. I mean, like a receptor uh, stuff and it's just, uh, yeah, a lot of vitamins. Yeah. So we work with Dr. Conover and we really love his team and they did extensive testing on Connor. So if you are a guy or you're with someone who is maybe struggling with their sex drive, I really do believe that looking at their hormones and everything Dude, going on is really sleep important. Sleep has a big thing to do yes. with it too. If you're not sleeping well, your sex drive can be trash, man or woman. Mm-hmm. So you got to get that shit in order. Yeah. Um, sleep. 100%. Sleep, st- sleep to fuck. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Your body comp will be better too. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about house chores. I have to keep looking around this office thinking about how anxious I am to clean this fucking place out. Because <laughs> you just like think this is a place to put shit that you don't want no, in the house. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Uh, TV, two chairs. You asked for the TV out here. I didn't here. want the TV out here. Yes, you uh, did. fucking ring light. Like, I don't want well, any of this Well, all shit. that's leaving I today. Like, here's a fucking poof. I don't even want, what is this? It's all going today. I got today. fucking bugs on the floor. I need a vacuum. I got shit all over the place. I told you I was going to vacuum for you. I don't want you to vacuum for me. I can take care of myself. Okay. Speaking of. Vacuum? So, are we sponsored by Dyson? House chores. Go to Dyson.com. Use promo code uh, OKBABE for 100% off. <laughs> for, for, a, for a good fun joke. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, no. So, this has been a point of contention in our marriage for a hot minute. And 
I feel like my man has finally really embraced helping around the house. I don't, I do so much around the house. You do now. What? Oh, are you going to get a, a skid steer and go clear the fucking brush out and all this other shit? Come on, dude. No, I'm not. But I live with a man who was really good at walking by overflowing trash cans. They were not overflowing. They and were not quite full yet. Would just put the laundry in the laundry and then literally never do anything else or go to put the laundry away, but the laundry would never make it away and it would just be on piles on the floor. Need to be, it was away. <laughs> it's a great place to take your laundry from. Didn't grocery shop. Didn't oh, grocery clean shop. the you kitchen. Just, just didn't didn't get, vacuum. Uh, I didn't spend $300 a week on snacks. I definitely don't do that. Oh, you want me to start doing some calculations, Kelly? Please go ahead. Okay. Also do a little math. Okay. Plus the calculator. Okay. And we've had a lot of conversations and I think being pregnant has really shifted this for us. Because Connor sees, okay, she's going to need more help. Even the other day you went grocery shopping. And you're like, I was practicing for when you can't do this. And I was like, oh my God, so that is so thoughtful. That I don't normally buy. Right. He, he, <laughs> when he goes shopping, he buys for a man, which is like beef and cheese and eggs. I don't get that much cheese. I don't ever buy. I don't, I don't, we have okay. So beef usually. and eggs and some and chips. Some chips sometimes. And maybe a little rice. Death. Maybe some yogurt. A little bit of fruit. That's about it. It's super basic, which yes. is fine. I am, you know, over the top. See, here's the thing. I, my life pre Kelly was so simple and I'm still fighting for the simplicity that was in my life. If you want the simplicity, you can go have the simplicity. Babe. I'm just saying you need some simplicity. Maybe if we didn't do laundry every two days. I would do laundry more. You are constantly asking where your fucking shit is. And it's you hide dirty. things from me. Kelly. No, I don't. It's in you, the laundry. No, you hide them. I don't. I you put them hide, in the drawers where the shirts and the no, shorts go. No, you put them God in the forbid. wrong closet sometimes, and I don't know where the fuck anything is. I have to go search it out. That's it's a problem. Okay. I don't hide your stuff. I'm sort of hide, I'm start hiding your stuff around the house and make you do a fucking scavenger hunt when you want to get your keys. Come on, you want to fight? You never put anything away. I put, I, I know exactly where everything is. So Connor used to like almost. He would like throw a tantrum when I would ask him to help, and if it wasn't at the oh exact God, moment not- that he was in the mood to help. He would be so frustrated. And it's honestly night and day now how helpful you are without me even asking. You are so much more aware. You were throwing tantrums. You would throw tantrums. You'd be like, can you take the trash out? I'm like, yeah, in a minute. And then you like take it out like huff with a huff. Because Connor will let something sit there for three days before he goes and does it. I will will take it out when it needs to be taken out. When I think it needs to be taken out, I take it out. Uh Which is not not, uh, at the same time. I, when I think the clothes need to be done, I do the laundry, but that's generally about <laughs> which a is day. when the basket's which, half full. What the which fuck? Is, which is about which is about a day after you usually think it is. So whatever, I do it when I'm down to do it, and if it's not the same time, then it's not me. It's not me not doing laundry. It's you beating me to doing the things that I'm I was not, gonna do anyways. No. I'm gonna do them. You think I think I'm just gonna like pile up trash in the whole corner of the fucking kitchen? Yes, no, of course not. No, was. I'm gonna take the trash out. But I'm gonna take it out when I want to take it out, not when you. And so you do it first, and then you're like, you never do this thing, and I'm like, because you always do it first. What am I supposed to do? You beat me to the punch. You win the race. So I stopped doing things, and I just started asking him to do them. And everything has shifted with chores in our house. He has been so helpful. Now he comes to me in the morning. He's like, what do you need me to do today? And I'm like, oh my God, I have a lady boner. It's really nice. Yeah, well, I'm going to stop doing it now because now I feel attacked. No, you're not attacked. I'm complimenting you. I'm done (laughs) with it. Leave me alone. So here's my take on this. Oh God. I think most women are just geared to do 
the house shit because we notice it. Men are half blind when it comes to shit. I got <laughs> friend, so my friend Jill Coleman and I were talking about this. She was like, we had, they had the same issue and she was, uh, we were talking, it was like the last time I saw her in person. And she was talking about her, her man and things that he like, he, he's mad about. And I was, she's like, so I just stopped doing them. And I was like, then what happened? He goes, she goes, he didn't care at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, exactly. Yeah. So like, that's the whole thing. It's like, he didn't even notice. And I was like, yeah, that's why yeah. it wasn't that he was like fucking you over or like being mean to you. You just didn't see it. Yeah. The guys literally just don't see it. And so I think understanding that we sort of have to teach them which is frustrating and I don't want to be someone's mom, but I really feel like the last year Connor has slowly made his way to being super helpful. And now it's to me feels like a non-issue and I'm so grateful because he just takes initiative. He's like, what do you need me to do? I'm going to go to the store, you know, send me a list. He takes the trash out with me without me asking, you know, you clean stuff up, you do tons of stuff in the yard. And so I think it's really not nagging super important, which I did nag. So I get it, but not nagging and having patience that it's not going to happen on your timeline or exactly the way you want it. And also just having patience around them learning because this is oftentimes just a very different thing. And we notice things we're more anal retentive. We're more perfectionist and guys are just like, Meh, whatever. And so I think that you just have to be fair in the process. Seems fair to me. Cool. Babe. Yes. Did you hear there's a new gummy in town? There's a new gummy in town coming in and fucking everything up. Yeah. What does it do for you? Well, I've only had them once because they're brand fucking new. And I liked it. I I went out and had a couple of drinks last night and I was like, oh, a little bit of this microdose of THC because there's like 0.8 milligrams of THC in each one. So it's under the limit. So you can get that wherever, wherever you are in the whole United States. You can get this stuff. You can order it from Cured. Link in the show notes, of course. But yeah, it's a really good, it's got ashwagandha. It's got a little bit of THC, you got CBD and it's really clean. It doesn't taste like a gummy bear. It's got, you can tell what's in it when you eat it and it's fantastic. I'm really, pr- and they, that's the thing about the Cured is they, they took so long to put these out because they, Joe was just so kind of dogmatic about it being the best gummy in the fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you didn't want, there's so many bullshit gummies out there and that's such a, a potent delivery system for like shitty CBD that you get at fucking Walgreens or whatever that this is, this is bomb. And I'm really, I'm really stoked for him to put this out. Cause it's, it's a, it's about time, but at the same time, I'm really proud of them for taking as long as they did to make it happen. Yeah. They're going to blow up the market with these. So they're called serenity gummies. They are being announced. The show will come out about a week after they're live. So you can get them. Like Connor said, they have so many great ingredients, Rishi, ashwagandha, full spectrum CBD. And my personal favorite ingredient here is the L-theanine and then the microdose of THC because they really are meant to help you chill. So I'm so excited. They taste amazing and they're just not loaded with a bunch of sugar and crap products. As always, Cure does the best. So go to the link in the show notes. You can also use OKBABE as your code to get 20% off. Um, I want to talk about Organifi Red. Yeah, it's good. It makes you feel so good on the inside. It's good. Just buy it. Just buy it. It's got stuff in it. It's got beets in there. Right? Isn't that what it makes it red? Mm-hmm. Some chard and those shit. It has a lot of different like red berries and stuff in it, but it's amazing for blood flow. Connor actually asked me yesterday because I've been drinking so much of it. And he was like, is this good for pregnancy? Is this okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's actually amazing. My midwife was telling me 
on our last visit, she said, just so you know, you could be getting a little tired because you're creating so many red blood cells at this point that it can exhaust your body. And I love that I kind of intuitively just felt like I wanted more Organifi Red because it does help with blood flow and it is so supportive with all of the different nutrients. I'm taking all my prenatals and all my vitamins and I Organifi, I consider part of my vitamin regimen on a daily basis. Mm. And I like that they're not in pill form, right? Like you can just, it's a powder, it's a yeah, drink. It tastes good. It's, yeah. It tastes, it tastes healthy. It tastes clean. Yeah. And I don't have to juice or do anything like that. So it's so dumb. It's just so dumb. Take all the bad stuff out and then just wreck your stomach with celery juice, really. But if you guys haven't tried Organifi, I highly recommend. I love all of their stuff. You can go to organifi.com slash okbabe and get 20% off. Yay. Fighting fair and healthy. Fuck you, bitch. (laughs) I have said for most of our relationship and on this podcast that Connor and I fight very productively. And it, it doesn't always feel that way in it. But what I feel is that our fights are productive and we take multiple steps forward afterwards. Yeah. Which feels really nice. I don't ever feel like we take steps backwards. So, Con, what do you think are some of the keys for us? What? I can't ask you a question. Not with my microphone on the other side of the room and my my mouth full of shit. All right. You want me to try again? Yeah. Hey, Con, what do you think are the keys for us to fight productively? Um, screaming loud hmm. and not listening. Yeah. Yeah. Because usually the person you're fighting is wrong. <laughs> And it doesn't matter which side of the fight you're on, the other person is wrong. How often do you feel like you're right? About what? Anything. In our relationship or when we're fighting? The majority of the time. Probably 70, 30. Mm, okay. <laughs> what? Is that your honest answer? Yes. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Why is that, how is that not abundantly clear? <laughs> oh my God. Connor's right a lot of the time. I will give you that. Yeah. What have I been wrong about? Oh, I don't have time exactly. For that today. Exactly. Yeah. It's oh. called the, yeah. You're going to, you're going to just divert from that whole situation. <laughs> oh my God. So here are the things that I actually think help us have productive fights and conversations. I think that some women, women need to accept that they're wrong more often. Okay. <laughs> if that was the case, then there would be less fights. That's all I'm saying. Oh my God. I think that we have learned to let the other person process the way they need to. So more often than not, that looks like Connor walking away and needing space. And in the beginning, I would freak the fuck out, especially if that meant him actually leaving the house and going for a drive or going to get a coffee. Because I'm the type of person I'm like, I want to deal with this right now. I want it to be over, you know, and my anxious attachment is like, please don't leave me. So when he would leave, I would panic. And now I understand that actually that's really helpful for us because like we've been saying this whole time, he needs space. He needs time to process. He needs to be able to come back more on his terms rather than feeling like he's being attacked or put in a position where he doesn't have the ability to you know, figure out his own thoughts. So I think that's a really huge thing that we learned that made our fights more productive. I think that we are more willing to hear the other person's perspective and to not be judgmental, even when we don't understand it. We are very different people. 
And I think oftentimes in the beginning, it would be like, but I don't fucking get you. Like, that makes no sense. You would say that all the time. That makes no sense. I don't get it. And now it's okay that it makes no sense to you. You still are able to hear me and acknowledge me. And I think that that's really important and vice versa. I'm able to hear you and acknowledge you even when it doesn't totally make sense in my brain. I think the other thing is that we're both willing to keep coming back to the conversation. So like you'll go take a shower, I'll walk outside. We'll, you know, keep like, we'll pause, we'll come back, we'll pause, we'll come back. And yes, sometimes it takes a little longer, but we're both willing to come back and have a hard conversation. Yeah. We both, we don't shy away from it for the most part. And that's not something that we did in the beginning. This has taken us three and a half years to, you know, get better at it. But I do feel like being able to be fair and listen and take responsibility for your side to fucking apologize. That's a huge one. And take ownership of your part and really, you know, be there for the other person and their shit allows for you to have a more productive fight and conversation so that you can move forward rather than continuing to have the same one over and over. Yep. I'm into that. Is there anything you would add to that? No, I think it's just like, yeah, the biggest thing I feel like is just letting people figure out, not avoiding it, but like figuring out what the process is like for them to be ready to talk. You start pushing things. It just makes it so much fucking worse. Yeah. Like I learned early, you know, in the first year to not stand over Connor and not try and touch him while we're fighting or while he's upset. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so I would literally pull up. I started pulling up a chair across the room from him. And I would always make sure I was on the same level as him because if I was above him or next to him, he would freak the fuck out. Those two small changes completely changed the dynamic of our fights. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's move into, and we can kind of move quickly through this because we already talked about a lot of this, but this one I thought was really interesting. What did you wish was better, but feel like you can't say so many people feel frustrated and they're not even sure how to bring these things up. So we sort of already talked about the sex life needing to be better. This fear of monogamy, this fear of not being able to share my desires, sex drives being differently. Is there anything else you would add into, Hey, I just really want our sex life to be better. Like, what do you do with that? What? So say I want our sex life to be better, but I'm scared to tell you, how should I go about that? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting question. It just depends on the, it's so subjective. I think it's a, a lot of questions. Well, that, that could also be really bad. Too. Okay. Let's just give it's it really, a scenario. It's, it's so yeah. You give me let's say I'm bored and we're not having enough sex. Those are two things that I heard from a lot of people. Um, well, you gotta take responsibility for that and try doing it in the moment when, when everybody's all horned up. Cause you don't do weird things. You know what I'm saying? They throw a pinky in someone's butthole. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe choke somebody, maybe set somebody on fire. We don't know what's going on. Like it's just try something new just for shits and gigs. And like, if it makes it awkward, then that's the breeding ground for a conversation. Yeah. And it's you know? okay to like do something that someone doesn't want to do. Or, just or- like set a time a day where you're just like, we're just going to make this day about like sexy time and maybe like, I don't know, do some drugs or something. I don't like just, you know what I mean? Say just like, just get in it. Yeah. Watch some porn, you know, get subscribed to an OnlyFans. You know, I don't know. I just don't, I think there's, there's no shortage of options to try. So I tried that actually. And so I subscribed to this OnlyFans of this girl that Connor had sent me that he thought was hot. 
And I think she's hot too. And so I subscribed to her OnlyFans and I sent him some pictures of her the other day. And we ended up having sex a couple hours after he got home. Oh, you did? Or a did? couple hours later after I sent them and then you came home. That's nice. And it was hot. And I hadn't done that in a long time. And I just felt like we needed something sexy. And so I did that. I think those are, you're exactly spot on. I think trying different things and it could totally fail, right? Yeah, if you're a chick and then you subscribe to some girl's OnlyFans that's hot and then he's like, you like send him to your dude. That's, that's a move. That's a flex. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. Maybe tries that out for the yeah. first time. I think that's super fun and it's, it's just something different and novel, right? And for us, that's a part of our relationship. And because of, you know, that I'm pregnant and we're not with other people, that's like the next, next step down. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing we did that was really funny and great was we pulled out all the sex toys one day and put them all on the bed and we were just laughing and giggling mm-hmm. and it was so silly and it ended up being really great sex after that. Yeah. So I think that's a really great option as well. But it's kind of like you said, like change your hair color, wear something different, go do something different together. Like even going bowling, right? As silly as that is, maybe you don't get out of the house. You guys don't do fun things. Maybe you have kids. It's mm-hmm. exhausting. Go do something stupid where you're being competitive and you get to be flirty and like slap each other on the ass. Like just get back into that dating mode. Mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Okay. What do we do when our partner isn't willing to grow any? <laughs> Connor is exhausted. <laughs> He hates this. <laughs> Why do you hate this so much? Why are you pouting? Fine. <laughs> he hates personal development. Okay. Just so funny. If you guys I like, don't, I like developing yourself personally. I just think the personal development industry has gotten a little bit out of hand. What? In case people don't know, because I had one of our friends DM me the other day. She's like, I didn't know Connor was a dating coach. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, was a great, I was a good coach. He was a really good coach. That's how we have a lot of our friends. I was a dating coach. It was like a, it was like an aside, it was a side program that I did. It wasn't yeah. my primary thing, but yeah. people that wanted just like specific dating stuff. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do if your partner won't grow or heal? I'm on the healing train. I'm growing. I'm reading books. I'm bettering myself. And my partner isn't doing any of that. I'm being a condescending bitch. And then I'm like going to talk about how my partner isn't doing exactly what I'm doing. And then that makes them a lesser. What if they aren't doing anything though? What if they really aren't working on themselves? We just watched our friends get divorced because of what if they're trying to fucking be a scratch golfer, Kelly, that's development. You're not, you are working on yourself. I'm not talking about you. you. What if they're they're trying to kill a big elk? What if they're trying to make more money for your family? I'll give you an example. There's a lot of other things you can do besides read self-help books. We just had jerk off the Tony Robbins. Friends get divorced. Did we? Yes. She is very much into developing herself. She loves reading. She loves challenging herself. She coaches people like she, she does the work and she enjoys that. And she's an amazing human. And her husband liked to play video games and basically didn't want to work out. Didn't want to challenge himself. Didn't want to grow. He was extremely complacent. Okay. In that situation, in the situation that we're talking about now that I've put the pieces together, who says the solution to that problem is getting divorced because that was to happen when you get married, when you're a child. If you were a child bride and it's not working out, then you're probably going to need to get divorced. Okay. She wasn't if, a child bride. I understand that. But it's like, you know what I'm saying? Basically. They were young. Too, too young. Correct. So if you got married at 21 and shit's not working, it's probably not going to, you're not going to fucking write the ship most likely because you've changed over that 10 year period or whatever till you're 30. And that's just, it's irreconcilable. And you got to understand, is this irreconcilable or not? 
Because it might be. Those are two great people who just wanted to live different kinds of lives. Agreed. It wasn't anybody's fault. Like, it wasn't like, oh, he's not, he's not doing this and that. It's like, he doesn't give a fuck about those things. So, and that's not, that doesn't add that much value to his life to do this and that. So why would you want to force somebody to do something like that? Mm-hmm. And that's, if you decided that you're, you're mature enough at 21 years old to get married, maybe you need to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, wow, I was fucking naive as shit. And I need to address that problem right now. It depends. Did you change the structure of how you live your life after you've been married for a handful of years? And so now this person's supposed to just take a left turn with you. They didn't sign up to go on a fucking left turn. Mm-hmm. That's not what they signed up for. They signed up for the person they married, and so did you. So, like, do you need to force somebody into being in the marriage you want to be in, or do you need to have some more difficult conversations? I so love it's, it's, that it's, you say that. It's, it's 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 an interesting dynamic, right? So it's like, or are you dating? I mean, there's a different different scenarios, and are you communicating that? Which like development is a very subjective term, right? Like, you can develop yourself in a bunch of different ways. You can do it. You can be a Buddhist. You can do Tony Robbins seminars. You can you know do like dating and relationship stuff. You can do psychedelics. You can go do you know you can go to Peru and do ayahuasca. Like there's a million different ways you can do it. And to say that, like the way that you're developing yourself and your partner needs to do it the same way is to me, narcissistic. I agree. And what I want to highlight in what you said and say it in a different way as well, is that you cannot marry someone based on their potential, based on hope you think that they will become. Yeah. That is not fair. And I think really often that's what fucking happens. Well, and I think people too, the grass is always greener, right? You're in a relationship where you're say you're, this is super common, a woman who develops himself and their dude is like not into that kind of stuff. And he's like a normal dude, does a job and does a thing. And you know, likes to, likes to play golf with the boys and that, that's whatever you're like normal guy. And you're like, I wish that my husband was more into personal development and stuff. Right. And then all of a sudden you, <laughs> then you'd get that and you're like, Oh my God, this is fucking exhausting. Cause now I'm talking about like childhood trauma all the time past lives and fucking this, <laughs> this motherfucker's burning sage in my house. Like maybe that's what you actually want. Or maybe it's exhausting because that person's ungrounded as fuck. And the only reason you remained steadily tied to the ground in like a good way with your feet in the fucking dirt is because you dated a guy who's a normal fucking dude and didn't really give a fuck about like, you know, Ayurveda and that's fine. You know? And it's like that maybe that is balance. And this guy wants to watch fucking Top Gun. And you're like, oh, wow. Like, this is actually just it's a stupid fucking military propaganda movie. That's awesome. And like, there's no, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, that's, that's good. That, that can be okay to balance those things out. Somebody yeah. doesn't have to be on the fucking ride with you. Right. And they can, as long as they're cheering you on. Now they're like talking shit and getting in your way. And holding you back. That's a different conversation. Yeah, totally. But the idea that they need to be doing the same thing as you, or they're holding you back is a little bit, again, kind of narcissistic. And the way you would look at that is like, oh, so I'm, I'm the most important in the person in this relationship. So we need to be doing it my way. Yeah. And I think that this, again, early conversations around, are you committed to growth? Not, do you go to Tony Robbins seminars and are you listening to this podcast and are you planning to do ayahuasca? It's like, are you committed to growth? Are you committed? And what does that mean to you? Well, yeah, but like that can be very broad. Are you committed to being a better person? Are you committed to evolving? Are you committed to challenging yourself? Are you committed to getting curious about life and trying new things? Those are all things that lead to growth. It doesn't have to look like what the personal development space has created as a bajillion dollar industry. The self-help industrial complex is not there for the best interest of your relationship. It is now, it used to be a thing. It was great. It's become a fucking cash cow. 
And everybody's a goddamn coach. I did. I, I stopped being a coach because I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to be associated with this shit anymore. This is ex- this is annoying. So he went to politics. Well, no, no, <laughs> which drove him into the ground. <laughs> yes, that drove me in the ground. But you know, at least politics isn't fucking full of shit. Yeah, it is. What it, it, it is. It is. It is full of shit. Yeah, but it's so blatantly full of shit. Like Nancy Pelosi is so blatantly insider trading that it's like it, it's so blatantly corrupt that yeah, it's, it's like at least they're not pretending. It's, not to be, it's like they're like, oh yeah, they can kneel in a kente cloth. Who gives a fuck, right? But yeah. it's like. At least they know, at least pundits know where this is all fucking bullshit. It's a house of cards. So like, at least we're not pretending to be better than anybody else. Like I can say, fuck this and fuck that and do whatever. I don't have to like, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm so self-righteous or so smart or so, so developed or so evolved. Like, and if somebody wants to say that, like they can suck my dick. I don't need to, I don't need to hear somebody tell me how much better they are than me because they fucking, you know, reached stage five of whatever the fuck seminar they pay too much money for, mm-hmm. or they went to fucking landmark forum. Right. Like I don't give a shit. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, I just, it, it's become the incentives are are perverse at this point. Just like so many things that start off with good intentions, the incentives become perverse, and that's where we're at now. So the best thing you can do is find old shit before all before the second coming of whatever a fucking self help guruism. Yes, you know, it's, it's weird. And I'm I just, love that. I love you know. that rant. That was actually that was so perfect. Okay, so I want to shift a little bit because we had two things, but we already sort of talked about them. So I want to talk about this because someone said. I wish that my husband would take better care of himself. He's so touchy about his weight. So I have heard this from so many people is that someone lets themselves go or someone stops caring about their health or they gain a bunch of weight and they lose the will or desire to get back in shape. This is something that comes up and we, we don't know what to do about it as a partner. Yeah. We didn't talk about how much weight you're gaining. Right now. <laughs> getting a little bit absurd. (laughs) It's pretty absurd. Um, I can barely move right now, but what do we do in that scenario when our partner is out of integrity with themselves, you know, especially say this was you and I health and fitness matter so much to both of us. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, I just start gaining a bunch of weight, not pregnant (laughs) and it becomes a thing and it affects your attraction to me. It affects mm-hmm. my desire and attraction to myself and how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. What would you do in that scenario? How do you approach that conversation? I would probably like change the background screen on like the computer or the TV, how it has the art. I would just change it to just like Heidi Klum in the nineties and just, and maybe by the background phone on my computer, on my phone, just everywhere. Just constantly remind you that you're not good enough. And then bring it in, you know, that way. That's what I think you should do. Maybe like if it's a guy. Subconscious programming. If it's a guy, like maybe just call him Chris Wimperth in bed. <laughs> oh my God. You know what I mean? Maybe just watch Thor Love and Thunder like over and over again and just like. Masturbate t- in front of your husband to it. Yeah. And maybe until you're just, until your panties are just soggy as fuck. <laughs> you know, and just ring them out on his face. Oh my God. And be like, you're a little picky, aren't you? Oh my God. Why don't you lick up this pussy juice, you little Corner. piggy pig? <sighs> That's what you should do. Whenever they go get snacks, be like, hey, what's up, little piggy? Oh, my God. Wink, wink, bitch. That's not, is that work? Is that would be healthy? No. Can no? you tell me how you would actually approach that conversation? Actually. <laughs> what? Stop. I would just get them a kettlebell for Christmas. Oh, my God. Get a P90X. <laughs> you guys, this is a conversation with Connor. <laughs> 24 seven. This is not abnormal. Uh, hey, uh, I would say like, Hey man, if COVID comes back around, you're going to be pretty high risk. If you don't take care of yourself, just give, start giving them stats on obesity and diabetes. Give them pamphlets. Uh, 
wish you guys could see my face. <laughs> Can you imagine giving your partner a diabetes pamphlet? Honor. <laughs> Jesus <It's> Christ. Just... <laughs> You're not a Give good person. Give them little blood sugar things. <laughs> just start. That's what you got to do. Just start getting them like a continuous glucose monitor. No, I, for real. If it's if it is what it is, like you got to have a serious conversation about it, and you got to find like. People do fitness in different ways. Like I have a hard time getting into the gym anymore, but I probably hit like 800 golf balls a week and I'm like out and I'm hiking and shit and I'm like healthy. I'm not like proud of my physique at this point in my life, but I feel pretty good. And I feel like I look okay. I feel like, you know, but I'm, not, I'm never content. I could, I could look like Chris Hemsworth and I would be happy with myself. I, should, I just know that about myself, but it's always just finding the stuff that like makes sense for you. Like that's the biggest thing with anything else, personal development, fitness, you know, maybe it's a group class they need. Maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's, you know, it could be a million other things. Maybe it's that, uh, that one old wrestler who has like a fucking yoga thing. Uh, it's like power yoga, <laughs> like oh workouts. Um, like one of the WWE guys, I forget mm. his name. But it's like there's encouragement. But again, it's just like whenever you have any of those other conversations, you can't project like what that means to them, right? Like you gotta, it's more about finding a good fit for you and what that looks like. And even with nutrition, fitness stuff, it really is about finding like the right Fit. Maybe that's orange theory. Maybe that's a spin class. Maybe it's CrossFit. Maybe it's strongman. You know, for a lot of the big boys out there, it's like, and having had that experience, like when I trained this guy who's actually, he's a, he coaches some strongman stuff now, but we, like, he was a bigger boy. He's probably 270, 280 pounds and not like that fat. He was overweight for sure, but he wasn't like obese. So we worked on like chain presses and logs and stones and sandbags and carrying keg. Like we, so we like, I was putting him through work, but it was like, this is stuff that you're a big boy. You're going to be better than most people at this. And you're going to feel good about being like, if we were up here doing burpees and air squats and running. It would be miserable for him. We can get his heart rate up. We can do his thing by like carrying heavy shit, right? That's how I am too. It's like, I don't like running makes me feel like a, like a bitch, but I can pick up a fucking 400 pound sandbag and like carry it over there. And that's, I'm like, Oh, like that, that, that gets me excited. I feel good about myself, feel accomplished that I can still do that kind of shit or deadlift 500 pounds or whatever it is. So it's like finding the stuff that kind of gets you excited. And I think a lot of people lose that. And again, testosterone, mm-hmm. that's another big part of it too. Yeah. Your hormones drive a lot of your decision-making and I think testosterone is a big part of that. So that's all great. And I love that, but how do you approach the conversation? It's not going to be easy. That's it. I mean, do you uh, say like, Hey, so you've gained me- a lot of weight and I'm not attracted to you. Like I was like, do you go there? <sighs> kind of, you know, like this is really Are you trying to have that conversation my- with me right now. Oh babe. I think you're fucking hot and I'd love to fucking do you right now. Ooh, that's nice. Um, no, I'm just wondering like how, uh, blunt and abrasive do you need to be like, Hey, I, this is affecting my sex life. Yeah. It's like, it's like, Hey, listen, like I, you know, I mean, it's part of, it's like, I didn't sign up for this and I think it's, it's easier to tell a man that than it is a woman, but I, it it goes both ways, dude. It's like, Hey, this is, you know, when we got married, I've, it was this and now I don't know what the fuck's going on. And it's different. I mean, it's a different conversation if it's just happening or did somebody have a kid? You know what I mean? Or somebody like super stressed out or somebody. And it's like looking at things like, and even he started out like, Hey, you know, maybe I'm contributing to the problem by staying up and we're watching, watching TV too late. And then we're not getting good sleep, which is a, will make you gain weight. And you and always cravings. ask me like, please stop buying these snacks and the carbs and the things, yeah. and, you know? Yeah. And I just know I don't, cause that's the thing. Like when you say I go to the store, like what I get, it's like, I knew that. And if I would get a snack at the grocery store, I would be committed to eating that entire snack the night I got home. And I knew that about myself. So I just wouldn't have them around. Or if I did, I'd get like those pop corn chips that I get you. Like I'd get those. I could eat a whole bag of that. It's like not that big of a deal. Or the cocoa whip. I'd be like, I can eat the whole thing. It's not a big deal. 
you know, I wouldn't get things like in a big bag. Like I would never get like a value size thing because I couldn't, I don't have, you know, I can't keep that shit. It's like an, it's like an alcohol of a fat kid. So it's like an alcoholic having liquor around. It's the same fucking thing. I can't turn it off. I want to eat shit at night and I do, but I just like, I do it in the way that causes a little, I'll eat pears. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I just know it's going to happen. That's better than candy or some other bullshit or ice cream. I don't do that shit. I eat, I eat, a fuck, I'll eat. if I'm like, if I have an ice cream, like I want something cold and dairy, I have goat yogurt and a pear or some berries or something or some cherries or some grapes. Like it's just not, it's not as bad. It's not great. I kind of wish I would stop, but that's part of this nicotine thing. It's like a linchpin issue of stopping something really hard and then like getting momentum into, into making some behavioral changes. But it's, it, it, t- it takes hard conversations. It's not a fucking easy thing to talk about and it's not an easy thing to change. And it's, there's a lot going into it. So it, maybe that, you know, and I think getting into some books, there's so many good books like David Goggins has a good book about like staying hard <laughs> and um, Jocko Willing. Like these guys, like they have good books about this stuff. Women have some good ones too. And what you just got that book, like the hard thing about hard things, like stuff yeah. like that, it's like decision-making books, um, discipline. It's just, it's, it's complicated and there's a lot of variables, but yeah, you, sometimes you have to have a hard conversation. And maybe that person will be like, well, hey, you're not looking too great yourself either. And then you're like, then you're, you know, maybe you're in something together. Maybe you can go do something together. I don't know. It just depends. I love it. That's so good, babe. Well, thank you guys for being here. This is our last episode for a long time. We are taking a break. It's hunting season. And then we will be going into having a baby. And then I will be on maternity leave. So we'll probably, I don't know when we'll have another show come out. We'll see. We'll see, but we really appreciate you guys. And it will definitely be when there's a child. Yes, there will be a child. But thank you for we'll participating. Him, we'll bring him on the pod as a guest. <laughs> thank you for just sharing so vulnerably. And thank you for listening to us rant about random shit for the last few years and, you know, putting up with us. We love you guys. We really love do appreciate you. Guys. you. Thanks. Thanks.